Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here on week 11 of the NFL season. There are only seven games left on the Patriots calendar somehow, as this month of March will never, ever end. Here with Rich Hill. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I am doing well. We are in the the home stretch of the season after last week's, or I guess earlier podcast this week. We were talking about how you know this is kind of make it or break it for New England. A lot of uh, must win games from here on out, and pretty excited to break down this game against the Houston Texans because I am just so confused as to why this Texans team is not as good as I thought they would be. Yeah, man, this is one of those games that I thought we'd be breaking it down in a very different fashion, both from a Patriots perspective and a Texans perspective when it actually happened. But neither team has really been on the field that we thought they'd be this season. But that's kind of 2020 in a nutshell, isn't it? Uh, However, before we get into that, I want to go around the league really quickly because based on the slated games I'm seeing so far, Rich Hill, good game last night from the Cardinals and Seahawks. Seahawks pulling out, I don't know if it's an upset win over the Cardinals, but that was a pretty good game. Other than that, there aren't a whole lot of kind of marquee matchups anywhere else in the NFL, other than perhaps the Raiders-Chiefs game on Sunday night, since the Raiders did hand the Chiefs a loss early in the season. Any non-pass games you're psyched about, Rich? I don't know if necessarily I'd be psyched about it, but the Titans are on the road against the Ravens. Both teams are 6-3. and three. The Titans start off the season extremely hot, but they're also the team that kind of knows how to beat the Ravens, so I'll be curious to see how that plays out. If I'm uh, a Patriots fan, I want the Ravens to lose out just because that helps New England with the possible wild card battle. Uh, and then also you have the 7-2 and two Packers on the road against the 6-3 and three Colts on an afternoon game on Sunday. And then the other game, Monday night, you got the 6-3 and three Rams on the road against the 7-3 and three Buccaneers. So we'll be interested to see how Tom Brady fares against this Rams team again. Uh, but, you know, I, I think as you said, the Chiefs-Raiders game has a chance to be the, the big game matchup of this week, uh, most notably because the Chiefs are uh, you know, one of the two or three best teams in the league, along with the undefeated Steelers, but uh, the, the Raiders do provide the best chance for an actual upset. They do. Speaking of upsets, the Patriots upset the Ravens last week, and at one point in the offseason, I might have called a Patriots win over the Texans in 2020 an upset. 
Don't think that's the case right now. The Texans can't seem to buy a win. They've won twice this year, and they've woken over the probably second-worst team in the NFL in, in the Jaguars. Looking at this roster, Rich, maybe we'll start with the offense and get the Patriots defense because this is one that probably makes the least amount of sense to me. I'm seeing some talented receivers. I'm seeing some good running backs. I'm seeing one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm seeing a decent offensive line. Uh, I'm seeing a – serviceable tight end, an older but serviceable tight end, and I'm seeing a team with two wins who can't seem to score points. What's happening with Houston offense? Yeah, I mean, so Houston's only two wins have come against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have a total record of 1-8 and eight over the course of this year. So the Texans have only beaten the second-worst team in the entire league. So where is it going wrong? Deshaun Watson, the passing attack, is doing a really good job, but there just isn't a semblance of a consistent rushing attack. David Johnson has been their top guy uh, out of the backfield, but they're mostly just getting the yards that are available to them. They're not doing anything special on the ground. And with David Johnson out with a concussion, it'll fall to Duke Johnson, who was completely ineffective last week against the Cleveland Browns. So if, if the Texans are going to try and control the ball, trying to control the clock in any way whatsoever against the Patriots' softer defensive front seven, they're going to have to rely on Duke Johnson, who hasn't been able to do it. Um, but I, I think that's kind of been the problem with the Texans this year is that they've been close, they've been competitive, but they just don't have the right pieces in order to clinch some victories. So it sounds like the Texans are going to need to run the ball a lot against the Patriots, who have struggled against the run in weeks past. Not la last week, obviously, but running attack has given the Patriots fits. Uh, looking at this initial matchup from kind of a helmet-on-a-helmet -helmet perspective, are you looking to kind of duplicate, if you're if you're Bill Belichick, are you looking to duplicate your game plan you had last week against the Ravens, really rely on your secondary to man coverage and really stack the box to avoid that pass rush with like a – that, that rushing attack seems to be like a Kyle Duggar in that robber spiral on a mobile quarterback? We're going to switch it out. We'll give them a different look this week. No, I think I would definitely copy what they had last they week, especially because of how much the, the Texans rely on their passing attack. And in particular, they just don't have a good power rushing attack. Right? Duke Johnson's more of a receiving back uh, than, than a true runner out of the backfield. And so the Patriots can definitely afford to be a little bit lighter up front as they were against the Ravens and make sure that you have Duggar on one end, you have Adrian Phillips on the other side, so they're able to play a little bit of contain on Deshaun Watson, make sure that he doesn't get out of the backfield but also covering the tight ends who the Texans love to rely on uh, you know Darren Fells is pretty solid so is Jordan Akins they, they are you know open to get at least two or three targets each game so the Patriots safeties will have to be active and that's not even mentioning that Duke Johnson will be a threat as a receiver out of the backfield and so New England needs to have their speed out there um, and will absolutely need their speed because this Texans receiving core is a track team. You know, Will Fuller is their leading receiver. He has 628 receiving yards. He's been doing pretty well this year. He's also flanked by Brandon Cooks, old former Patriot, and then Randall Cobb, who's a little bit older, coming out of the slot. And they technically have Kenny Stills on the roster, although he's just been underutilized this year relative to previous ones. So the, the Texans have a really fast receiving group. They're going to have a really fast quarterback come out of the backfield, really fast uh, running back as a receiver. So New England's going to need to have speed. If you're Steve Belichick, Alec, how are you going to match up head-on-head -head with these receivers? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, I think, depends on the availability of Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he's been practicing, so 
if I were to guess based on this conversation on Friday afternoon, I think he's going to be a go. But I thought he'd be a go last week, maybe last week, just extra precaution since the Ravens are such a kind of a bruising team. They didn't want to further exacerbate that injury. But if Stephon Gilmore is there, I think we do what we did against the Rams in this rule and put him on Brandon Cooks. Uh, I want to match up uh, J.C. Jackson on Will Fuller. And then maybe Jason McCourty or maybe Jojuan Williams on the bigger Randall Cobb. I think that might be how I how I do this in terms of hat on a hat. Uh, I do think the Patriots are very good at matching up against these receivers. I think the speed is an issue. But Devin McCourty, my defensive X factor for this game, is going to have a big day. He's been playing a little more close to the line, not in the box the way that Agent Phillips has, but he's been kind of closer to the line than the usual free safety is. Maybe he plays back a little further, allows the front seven, who's going a little smaller, who I completely agree with, to contain the run and make sure he patrols the kind of latter third of the passing window to make sure none of those balls over the top go. But I think if they can get those matchups I just described, uh, I like the odds in New England. The real key in that one is going to be the tight end, as you mentioned, and the receiving backs, which have given the Patriots trouble in the past. But if the Patriots can limit the run and force the Texans to move, move the ball down the field with passes to the running back, to the tight ends, while taking away that deep ball. I like their chances. I like that. I mean, I, I totally agree with all of those matchups. Assuming Gilmore is able to play, I like that matchup on him with Cooks. That puts J.C. Jackson, the best you know, leading interceptor in the league, uh, getting to cover Will Fuller, who is uh, their deep ball receiver. That's a good matchup that I think New England has the opportunity to force a turnover or two uh, with that matchup. Um, and then I would definitely put Jason McCourty on Cobb coming out of the slot. And if Gilmore's not available to go, I would actually feel pretty comfortable swapping J.C. Jackson onto Brandon Cooks and allowing Jonathan Jones with his speed to cover Will Fuller because that's a matchup New England has relied on in the past. But my X Factor is going to be J.C. Jackson because he's been asked to elevate his play to be that number one coverage cornerback, and he's done a pretty good job. Uh, Jets game notwithstanding, he's done a pretty good job of making sure that he's in the right position, he's making plays on the football and this is a type of game in my mind where if the Patriots are going to win this one, they're going to need to force a couple of turnovers, uh, not because there's going to be any big threat, but because I think the the Texans offense is solid enough that they can put points on the board. You know, if, if you remove their Browns game last week, they were pretty consistently scoring points against some pretty good teams. And so if, if I'm the Patriots, I need them to get an, a turnover or two to, to end some of these Texans drives, set the Patriots up in good field position, and just kind of skew the, the possession battle in the Patriots' favor. And so Jackson's been that ball magnet for this Patriots defense, and I hope that he can do it again. Rich, do you see another big game from Kyle Duggar, who had a pretty big game against the Ravens? Again, I'm seeing similarities between Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson in terms of their ability to move and scramble and, and rush with their legs. I think Duggar did a good job helping to set that edge. But he's also a rookie, and Belichick is notorious for kind of a guy having a big game one week and disappearing the next week. Then Kyle Duggar gets a lot of reps on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if, if there were any type of a performance that would earn a rookie more playing time, it's what Duggar did against that Ravens team. He was very, very good. He was probably one of the best rookies on the entire field for either team. And so he did a very nice job out there. And I think it's important to note that Deshaun Watson's definitely like much lesser of an athlete compared to Lamar Jackson. And so he, he is definitely a mobile threat, but he's not going to be that running threat that Jackson was to the extent that they'll game plan their entire offense around the fact that Jackson can, you know, rush for a hundred yards on any given day. That's just not Watson's game, but he is still mobile. And because of all of the speed, because of the reliance on the tight ends, I definitely do expect Duggar to have more of a role out there. I think, 
based off of his size and how well he kind of complements Adrian Phillips as the two pseudo outside linebackers. I kind of like how he was out there and gives the Patriots an opportunity to defend the running back coming out of the backfield and also cover the tight ends against a team that really uses them a lot. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think he's got great closing speed, not only as an edge setting uh, linebacker slash safety hybrid, but if you watch the all 22, he's very good at moving laterally when a rushing play goes to the middle to finish a tackle. It's some absolute truck stick hits uh, on, on Sunday night, which is pretty nice. Uh, however, the Patriots have a mobile quarterback who can has a lot of abilities and a pretty good skill set as well. Uh, tight ends, not so much in terms of ability, but... Patriots offense, I think, looks very solid against the Baltimore Ravens. They have a very potent rushing attack with Damian Harris and Cam Newton as a consistent threat to take it on his own. Going up against what is statistically at least, Rich, the single worst rushing defense in the entire NFL in Houston Texans. However, again... Looking at the defensive roster for Houston, I'm seeing a lot of talent. I'm seeing talent on the linebacker position. I'm seeing talent on the defensive line. I'm seeing good corners, but they just still can't seem to put it together. Why are the Texans so bad against the run, Rich? Honestly, I have no idea. And it's not even uh, just the fact that teams are getting the leads and so they're able to run out the clock a lot. On a per-play basis, teams are averaging 5.2 yards per carry, which is the worst mark in the entire league for the Texans. Best mark for opponents. Uh, the the run defense overall is just absolutely just atrocious. And part of it comes down to the fact that they uh, just don't necessarily have the same level of talent that you might be used to from a Texans defense. Not saying that they're untalented, but thinking of, okay, who are the the big run stuffers in the middle? You kind of think of DJ Reader, who's no longer with the team. And so they, they haven't necessarily replaced a lot of their players in their defensive front seven that they used to rely on. And so, sure, J.J. Watt's still up there, uh, and they still have their linebacker duo, Zach Cunningham, uh, as well as... Um, uh, not Whitney Mercer, but Bernardrick McKinney is the other one I was thinking of. But McKinney, you know, he's been not playing as much this season. And so he's been uh, on the injured reserve. So th that's been a huge issue is that they just haven't been able to replace the players that were key options for them in the past. And so therefore, you know, if, if I'm the Patriots, I would consider that uh, this is kind of the perfect opportunity for a, a run heavy approach where they can control the clock. They can allow Cam Newton and Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead to really take advantage of this softer Texans defensive front. Patriots have never been afraid of running the ball at J.J. Watt in the past. And, and you know, if, if I were to choose an X factor, it's going to be, uh, you know, Damian Harris. He, he's been the guy coming out of the backfield all, you know, for the past time since he's been the starter, since Sonny Michelle has been injured. And he, he's coming off of a very, very good game. And I, I imagine that he'll have the opportunity here against the Texans to replicate that, if not expand upon that. And I would love, love, love for him to become a, a more active receiver in this offense. Maybe a few swing passes from Cam Newton to get him Harris into the open field running downhill against these smaller uh, Texans defensive backs. But I, I think that that's how I would approach it if I were the Patriots. It's just focus heavily on the run because, you know what, this Patriots receiving core is not going to beat anyone. No, they're not. However, they've done it in the past and they're going to keep doing it. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, no offense, Rich, super 
insightful analysis say they're going to run the ball a lot. That's kind of how the Patriots roll all season. However, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it was my my X Factor. Actually, I don't think I've given them credit or love this year in terms of an X Factor, which I'm going to do this year, which uh, right this week, which is Michael Onwenu. Um, he's just such a beast. And as the offensive lineman who's played, I think, almost every position on the line except center, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think it's gonna, he's going to be due for a big game. And if they move him around the line, if Harris is kind of going behind Johnson and Owenu, um, I, I think good things are going to happen. I'm very curious to see, Rich. I'd love your thoughts on this. Is it going to be like the Damian Harris show where he just runs the ball well, picking up six yards of carry, five yards of carry? Or you think they'll do what they did against the Ravens and have to kind of balance him with Rex Burkhead a lot, who is a better receiving back than, than Harris. So Harris is probably the better runner, but uh, Burkhead is definitely the best all-around back in terms of the running ability and the pass. Ability. Do you think it's going to run it down the Patriot, uh, the Texans' throats, or will the receiving backs like the James Whites and the Rex Burkheads have a bigger day? Yeah, I mean, so the way the Patriots have utilized their running backs has been kind of a 1A, 1B, where Harris is the guy in between the 20s, and they get to the short field in the red zone, and they rely on Rex Burkhead. And I kind of imagine that they'll continue to do that. Harris will have the opportunity to kind of grind away this Texans defense, and then you get that versatility with Burkhead coming out of the backfield. And uh, it's been working, so why not keep? doing it i would honestly say i expect jacoby myers to have a bigger impact than james white uh on the day uh i know he's not a a running back but i think when it comes down to okay how are the patriots going to rely or run their offense uh, i think they're going to run the ball enough that they'll open up some of the play action opportunities jacoby myers will make some plays up the seam uh and i'd love to see demir bird make a couple plays because he's been very quiet in recent weeks. Uh, and I think he's overdue for, for at least a, a big catch or two. So are you making the bold prediction, Rich Hill, that a receiver not named Jacoby Myers gets a target this week? <laughs> I know. That's, that's crazy. That's actually a claim, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to guarantee that it'll be Demir Bird, um, but I guarantee that someone not named Jacoby Myers that plays wide receiver will get a target their direction, whether intentional or not. Okay. I like the uh, the caveat of unintentional target. Now, that's a nice little way to cover your – hedge your bets. I like it. <laughs> yeah. How about this, Rick? I'll ask you again. Uh, the over-under on Cam Newton design runs is four to this week. Over-under. Yeah, I mean, I think I was, uh, I don't know how far off I was last time. You know, he technically had 11 rushes, but I don't think they were all designed. Uh, This was a very, very good Ravens defensive front. This is a very, very bad Houston Texans front. And I imagine that the Patriots will rely a little bit more on Cam Newton in a similar way they did, uh, you know, week one against the Miami Dolphins, where, uh, you know, you can just try to run the ball. Uh, I would expect him to end up with around 10 carries on the day just because that seems to be the status quo. Uh, But how many of those are designed? Four or five? I think there's going to do for a scramble or two, and then there's always that, uh, you know, goal line rushing opportunity that he'll have. Um, But I I think that, you know, red zone, goal line notwithstanding, I can only imagine that they'll try to have him run out of the backfield, you know, three or four times uh, outside of short yardage. I'm very curious to see if we're going to see a return of the RPO a little bit. They've kind of gotten away from that with Damian Harris running so well and going big in their package and just kind of cramming it down their throat. But I think the RPO could be effective here, especially if they start running the ball early well out of traditional formations. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh, one more question for you, Rich Hill. Um, yes or no, will Cam Newton throw for a touchdown pass this week? Huh. Will he throw for a touchdown pass? Um 
Oh, man, I feel less certain about that one than I do about <laughs> someone not named Jacoby Myers getting a target. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes, though. You know, it might be one of those little dinky swing passes to Rex Burkhead by the goal line, but I do imagine he'll count as a, as, as a passing touchdown, even if it might seem like it's a rush. I wonder if any team – I'd love to see the, any football nerds out there. One knows any team – gone an entire season without a wide receiver catching a touchdown pass. Kansas City Chiefs. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. uh, I think it was one of Alex Smith's first years uh, with the team. But, yeah, no, absolutely the Kansas City Chiefs went an entire season uh, before uh, Patrick Mahomes where they did not throw a single touchdown to a wide receiver. Well, I guess the Patriots can't set that record. Oh, well, not a big deal. Should be a fun game, Rich. Uh, I don't think I just want to break down in terms of game matchups, but we can get the predictions otherwise. Yeah, let's do predictions. All right. So last week we both had the Ravens totally beating the Patriots. Uh, so the egg is on our faces. So neither of us won last week, which means we got to go back to the week before against the Jets, which you won, Rich. So you get first call. Patriots host uh, – no, they're traveling to Houston. Take on the Texans from an empty stadium. What do you got for this game? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it's the 2014 Chiefs, by the way. They did not throw a touchdown to a wide receiver. Um, I, I have the Patriots winning this game. I'm going to not have any of the suspense here. I have the Patriots winning this game. Uh, I think the defense is going to hold their own against this Texans offense, and I expect Cam Newton to, you know, they've been very efficient and successful on offense over the past three weeks. I expect that to continue against another bad defense with the Texans. And so my prediction is that the Patriots are going to win this one 33 to 21 high scoring game from rich l all right again the texas was one of those 50 50 games for me when the schedule first came out if they finished nine and seven they were they were losing to the texans um but based on how the patriots have been played the past couple of weeks and based on the texans have been playing the past well the past season i i just don't see the patriots losing this game i think that the ravens game was a great kind of moment for them to realize they are still in this they can still make a run a good confidence booster usually games like this when a team comes together they can follow it up uh, i think if they do lose this game it'll be very telling in terms of what's going to happen for the rest of the season but i agree with you rich I think the patriots take this game to get back to 500 in november which is odd to say but i don't think it'd be as high scoring as you do rich but i think it's going to be a Patriots scoring 24 Houston scoring 13. Nice win, 5-5 five and five on the year. Oh Well, hopefully they walk away with a win, and we're both not wrong like we were last week against the Ravens. Um, yeah. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on this Patriots-Texans game? I do not, my man. If I don't talk to you before then, no, I will talk to you before Thanksgiving, won't I? So I'm not going to wish you happy Thanksgiving just yet, but know it's coming. So just be ready. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. Everybody, see you. Later, man.